Chapter Eleven of A Prairie Schooner Princess by Mary Catherine Mall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven, The Prairie Fire. A few days later, the travelers drove into a dreary, straggling little settlement of a few log and sod shanties on a little stream called Salt Creek. Here they spent the night, glad of the company of other white settlers. There was a general store in the little settlement at which Joshua Peniman bought a barrel of salt pork, a barrel of flour, sugar, coffee, rice, tea, beans, dried peas, and a bucket of lard and a firkin of butter. I am doubtful, he said as he loaded them into his wagon, whether we will come to another place where we could get supplies. Early the next morning they loaded up their wagons, bade farewell to the other movers, and struck off across the trackless prairies. It was still early, and the drum of the prairie chickens came to their ears across the silence of the plains. Joe and Lige took their guns and went in search of them, and soon returned with a couple of fine young hens which Mrs. Peniman cooked for their dinner. A strong, hot south wind was blowing, which toward evening increased to a gale. Even the shadows of night did not bring relief from the heat, which seemed to increase rather than diminish. Mrs. Peniman could not sleep. With a feeling of suffocation and uneasiness upon her, she tossed from side to side. The air was hot and close, and in her nostrils there was a pungent smell. With the instinct of danger strong upon her, she sprang up and, jumping out of the wagon, looked about her. Off to the south the sky was red, and straining her eyes through the darkness she saw, low against the horizon, a leaping tongue of flame. She ran to where her husband lay sleeping. Joshua, she whispered, laying her hand on his arm. Joshua, wake up. I smell smoke and away over yonder. I think I see a fire. Fire! The sleeping man was wide awake and on his feet in a moment. Fire! Where? Mrs. Peniman pointed. For an instant he stood staring at the little tongues of flame that licked up over the horizon, then sprang to the pickets and began untying the horses. Prairie fire! he cried. And there's no telling where it will stop in this wind. Call the boys! When the boys were roused, he gave them no time to ask questions. In quick, nervous tones, he issued his orders. Hitch up as quick as you can, Joe, he shouted. There's a prairie fire over yonder. Lige, get up the black team. Sam, run and bring in the cow. Pack those things in the wagon, Hannah. Never mind, order now. Ruth, get a couple of pails of water out of the kegs. Paul, pull up those stake pins. Wind up the ropes and throw them in the wagons hurry hurry all of you we haven't a moment to lose working with feverish haste he turned often and glanced at the line of red on the horizon it's miles away yet he said in a low voice to his wife we may be able to get out of its path but with this wind he stopped abruptly then leaping into the wagon shouted come on in with you never mind those things hannah never mind anything now the wind has changed, and that fire will be down upon us in less than half an hour. Whip up your horses, boys. Don't spare them now. 
with that fire behind us he leaned forward as he spoke and lashed his team the horses plunged forward with a leap that made the wagon careen over the coarse prairie grass they fled the horses straining and plunging while they looked continually behind them to where the red line had left the horizon now and was creeping toward them the red tongues of flame leaping higher and higher as they caught the dry grass and rosin weeds the air grew suffocatingly hot and before long particles of burnt grass and weeds carried by the gale began to fall about them watch that nothing catches fire in the wagon hannah shouted joshua peniman bending forward and laying the whip across the backs of the petted team that had scarcely ever felt a blow in their lives before watch the children's clothing have wet cloths handy the wind a gale before now seemed to have increased in fury and before it the fire leaped and roared like a furnace faster joe faster yelled his father it's gaining on us we've got to reach a stream or draw of some kind leaning far forward on his seat with the whip in his hand and the reins clutched hard joe did not wait for the finish of the sentence with voice and whip and lines he urged the horses forward shouting at them shaking the lines over their straining backs swirling the whip about their heads as in a binding reek of smoke and dust they thundered on while closer and closer behind them came the roaring flames the horses were soon panting and lathered with sweat staggering and stumbling under the strain of the heavy wagons and poor cherry fastened on behind was almost pulled off her feet and slid and stumbled bawling wildly the whole sky was illuminated now and the air so filled with smoke that they could hardly breathe behind them the ominous crackling and snapping of dry grass grew louder and louder as the fire fanned by the high wind rushed through the tall dry prairie grass with the velocity of a cyclone all at once without decreasing the pace of his horses mr peniman stood up in the wagon and looked back they heard him utter a sharp inarticulate sound and the horses were stopped with a jerk that almost threw them upon their haunches no use he shouted leaping out we can never make it got to fight it out here out everybody and fight for your lives joe and lige stopped their teams and drawing the wagons up together they leaped out and tied their teams to the rings in the side of the other wagon the kegs shouted joshua peniman roll out the kegs and those gunny sacks we've got to backfire it's our only chance now with frantic haste the boys rolled out the precious kegs of water while mrs peniman with an instinctive knowledge of what to do threw out a couple of brooms some old coats and a bundle of gunny sacks the children aroused at the first call of danger had all gotten into their clothes by this time with their heads enveloped in wet towels wet brooms and gunny sacks in their hands they stood ready to do as their father commanded having secured the horses firmly to the wagons joshua peniman rushed back over the way they had come for some two hundred feet and called the family to him we've got to set a backfire here he shouted watch it closely don't let it get away from you 
and beat out every tongue of fire that tries to get beyond you have your brooms and sacks ready now the whole family with the exception of mary and david who had been left asleep in the wagons with spotty to guard them were now lined up at a distance of some two hundred yards nearer to the oncoming fire than the wagons it required courage for young people who had never until they had begun this journey encountered real danger to face the roaring wall of flame that rushed toward them but they were well disciplined and obeyed their father's orders implicitly seeing that they were all in readiness joshua peniman stooped and put a match to the grass at his feet instantly it leaped into a flame he let it burn a little way then whipped out the edges making a straight track of fire of about a hundred and fifty feet wide this joe instantly recognized as a fire guard then backing up a few steps at a time and keeping the flames under control they let this second or back fire burn toward the wagon leaving between them and the oncoming wall of flame a large area of burnt over ground this they continued to do until they had described a complete circle about the wagons watch out there joe keep your eye to the right there yelled mr peniman blackened smoke begrimed and beating with all his might at a vicious tongue of flame that threatened to get beyond him look out there lige nina be careful to keep your skirts out of the fire watch behind you sam better wet your broom again beat out that fire on your left there hannah with her skirts pinned up about her her hair blown down and her sleeves rolled to the elbows mrs peniman wielded broom and sack beating and firing as she went backwards step at a time oh mother will it get us cried ruth as a great gust of wind enveloped them in smoke and increased the roar and crackle of the flames that rushed toward them don't be frightened ruthie she shouted above the wind keep your broom going don't stop to look god will take care of us watch your side there nina beat it out beat it out here sam come here and work by nina she needs help as sam left his station she ran to where he had been and with furious strokes of broom and sack beat out the fire that was creeping away from them backfiring and beating out the flames as they went they gradually worked back toward the wagons leaving behind them a smoking black ring nearly two hundred feet in circumference their faces and hands were black and blistered their feet scorched their eyes burning and smarting and their lungs wheezed with the effort to breathe through the suffocating smoke and ashes that filled the air the horses half wild with terror were rearing and plunging and poor cherry running madly in circles as far as her rope permitted run to the horses joe shouted his father after a swift backward glance at the wagons put wet sacks over their heads and throw wet blankets over them lige here you take joe's place watch out there mother beat out that fire on thy right joe threw down his sack and ran with all speed to the horses with soothing words and pats he did his best to quiet them throwing their blankets over their backs to protect them from flying sparks and enveloping their heads in wet sacks wrung from the precious and fast disappearing kegs of water 
he had difficulty in getting near enough to the distracted cherry to do anything for her but after a wild struggle during which he was dragged in a wide circle by her rope he succeeded in getting a wet sack over her head and a blanket on her back the chickens were squawking and the little pigs squealing in their boxes and he stopped long enough to throw a bucketful of water over them and pitch a tarpaulin over their boxes then he rushed back to the wildly beating family as they backed and fired they began to see outside the ring of fire gray spectacled shapes dashing by in the shadows running madly frantically with the terror of the crackling flames behind all at once the ground under their feet seemed to tremble and the horses crouching and shivering with terror began again to rear and plunge dropping his sack joe ran to the heads of one lige to the other while mr peniman dashed to the heads of the third team to the wagons to the wagons he shouted and saw his wife and the other children drop their sacks and dash for the wagons as the quaking of the ground and a great roar like that of an approaching cyclone rose above the crackling of the flames what is it what is it shouted joe terror-stricken buffaloes yelled his father stampeded by the fire get your guns fire into them as they come please god our backfire may keep us from being trampled by them there was a moment of awful suspense while the ground beneath their feet seemed to rock and tremble with the impact of the wildly charging herd through the smoke and dust they could make out a great mass of enormous reddish-brown bodies being hurled madly forward before the pursuing flames then the terrified creatures made a wide circle to avoid the black ring of burned ground which they seemed to fear and the herd of buffaloes grim monstrous shapes in the dusk of early morning thundered by and passed out of sight when the circle of backfire was completed the nearly exhausted family leaned for a moment on their wet brooms to breathe the last of the water in the kegs went to wet blankets and tarpaulins to spread over the canvas covers of the wagons and as the flames swept toward them they took their stand about the wagons still armed with their wet brooms and sacks to make a last struggle against the fire that came crackling and rushing toward them end of chapter eleven